Welcome back to Small Business Big Lessons, a Buffer original series. My name is Haley Griffiths. I work at Buffer. And in this podcast, we're bringing you business stories like you've never heard before. We're going behind the scenes with inspirational small businesses who are proving it's possible to build a successful business and do good along the way. We're going to explore the ways in which they're questioning how you build a successful business, and we're going to uncover the big lessons we can learn from their journeys so far. In this episode, we're going to be looking at growing your impact. All of the amazing entrepreneurs we've spoken to this season have a purpose to their businesses that goes beyond profit. They have a desire to make an impact on the world that extends beyond just growth for growth's sake. So how do you go about increasing the weight and reach of that impact? How can you go further and make more of a difference to more people? What does it look like when you spend as much time thinking about the people affected by your business as you do about your product and your bottom line? How do you measure impact and know if you're on the right track? In this episode, we're going to be showing you examples of incredible businesses who have impact built into their business model and will offer practical advice on how you can turn your business into a force for good. One of the first questions you might ask yourself when thinking about doing good with your business could be around how you balance the needs of your business with the need to make an impact. Well, Holly's take is that you don't need to think of those two things as two separate and opposing needs. People will sometimes say, oh, well, I can either make a lot of money or I can make a really good impact. And I say, well, the first problem that we have is that divided mindset, that those two things can't coexist together. And so if our mindset is divided, that it has to be one or the other, then the results of our impact are certainly going to be divided. We then come back to this idea of like, okay, we can make the money that we need to make and we can have a positive impact. Holly takes inspiration from the book Donut Economics by Kate Rayworth. She really talks about the concept of enough and how important that concept is. And when we have clarity around, yeah, what would a lot of money mean to us? And then what good can we do with that? So how does Holly work with small businesses who want to grow their impact? I first just make sure that there's no division between making money and making impact before we really start to think about what that impact is going to be in the world. Because if we don't put those two things together first, we're actually not going to make as big of an impact as we can potentially make. Because we're always going to be hindered by this idea that like, oh, but that means we can't make money or that means we won't have enough resources to do both. So it's a lot of digging into the mindset first. Z at Rise Up Bakery is at the stage of his business where he's figuring out sustainable ways to work and how to best spend his time and energy. But he's already making big plans to make an impact in areas that are close to his heart. Figuring out the issues that matter to you is a great place to start when thinking about the impact that you want to have. I work a lot of hours and I'm trying to figure out how to do all the things. So I feel like right now we are so focused on honing and dialing in what we have, that my big, huge dreams oftentimes could uh, kind of make that a little wonky. So I do have plans in the future to work more with at-risk kids. I was an at-risk kid, so I would love to have kind of external programs where people could come in and learn a skill and see if this is something they might want to do. Like um, as being 
a black baker. And before I started doing this, I had realized I'd never even met a black baker, never seen a black baker. So this whole area of expertise, I won't say has been exclusionary, but it definitely doesn't have very much representation. So the idea of like, this could be something that you really enjoy doing in your life, I feel is like completely lacking from a whole segment of potential people to be involved. And so once again, kind of wanting to be the change that I seek, I feel like it's a good representation of like showing kids like, look, you can come and do this and this could be your life and this could be really fun. And you could be in a place like this and you could go start your own place like this. And just trying to let people know that it, this is a possibility and see if they enjoy it, I feel like would be really cool. So how to do that, what schools to do that with, um, what programs to make to make that happen. Those are big undertakings. But the concepts of like inspiring and working with youth and helping people find love the same way that I have in this area, uh, I feel would be something really worth spending time doing. So I'm going to be working towards that in the future. Rand at SparkToro recognizes that it's impossible to separate out business growth from impact growth. But growth in this context doesn't necessarily mean making more money or hiring more people. As we heard in the previous episode, growth can mean many different things for different businesses and for the different goals you may have for your business. Sadly, I think you do have to grow your company in order to grow your reach. I think it's really, really hard to be a very small business and have the impact that I would like to have for SparkToro. Now, growth can mean a lot of things. Growth can mean the number of people who subscribe to your content and pay attention to what you do on social media channels and are sort of fans of what you're building and, you know, kind of follow your work. It could mean raw subscribers to the product, right? And the, the amount of revenue that you make. Uh, it could mean users. So for SparkToro, it could be free users. Maybe the biggest impact we'll have is the tens of thousands of folks who use the free version of the product and get a ton of value from that. Th that would be beautiful too. But I don't think you can be, you know, kind of tiny local small business with very little reach and no one paying attention to you and still have the impact that you want to have. You need people at least being aware of, if not paying for or uh, using your product to get to those exciting places. Sheena at Made With Local has learned that connecting the growth of her business closely to the growth of her impact has meant that she's been forced to find new ways of working. And at times, that's meant taking things at a steadier pace as those new paths are still being mapped out. We've taken the scenic route at Made With Local, for sure, compared to some other brands in our space. And I wouldn't have had it any other way uh, up until this point. We're definitely ramping things up quickly, but there's definitely has been many years here at Made With Local where we were taking things one step at a time and growing very gradually in lockstep with our social enterprise partners. And I'd be lying if I said, you know, there weren't, I'm going to use air quotes here, negative impacts on the speed of our growth of our business because we've been very committed to doing things in partnership with social enterprise bakeries and, and local farmers and food producers. There's many other brands in our category who, you know, two or three years in, they've got 5,000 retailers and they're, you know, going off to the races. But we've taken things really slow and steady for the last eight years or so, picking off bite-sized chunks of the market to approach at a time. But that 
would be something I think in the conventional business space where people would see that as a potential negative, right? But it was a deliberate choice on our behalf. I mean, I think about small restaurants, right? And how, you know, an individual sushi shop in Japan can have this huge impact on the world's culture and cultural understanding of sushi preparation and how to make a great restaurant and what what is a great restaurant and um, how people eat and sustainable seafood farming and all these kinds of beautiful things. Their growth didn't come from raw number of customers, although obviously they, they serve a lot of people. It came from the attention and awareness and the, the message resonating, the media coverage, the amplification that they receive, the following that they have. And those are beautiful ways to build the impact of a business too. As Rand points out, things like media coverage and publicity can be a great way for a company to get their voice heard and increase their impact. But Holly's identified something of a paradox here. When you choose to move at a steady pace in the way Made With Local have, you often fly under the radar of the mainstream business press. I have this thing that I say where I'm like, well, I, I blame the media because I say like the media is never going to write or highlight businesses that are like, oh, that even keeled entrepreneur who just had steady growth and paid really good living wages, right? The stories that we tend to see about entrepreneurship can be so sensational, but the good businesses are out there and there's a lot more of them than ever. Social enterprise is something that I like to think of as an actual business tool or a strategy than being something that is a static thing, right? It can take many different shapes and forms. And it's something that I wish every business would consider bringing on as part of their strategy and to truly, again, bake in social impact into their business. As we heard in the first episode of this season, Made With Local's real food bars are baked in a community bakery that employs people who are experiencing barriers to the mainstream workforce. As Made With Local have grown as a company, so too have their production partners. And this is what Sheena means by having social impact baked into her business. For us, social enterprise means incorporating the concept of creating social impact into every business decision that we make. So through our supply chain sourcing, through our manufacturing, through how our internal team engages with the community around us through volunteer efforts, through donations, like we're really knowing that we can take a business and use it as a force for good in the world, which is something that's very centered to the B Corp movement. Made with Local is a certified B Corp. To become B Corp certified, a business has to demonstrate high standards of social and environmental performance, transparency, and accountability. In the early days of me learning about what a B Corp is, that kind of tagline, use your business as a force for good, became a, you know, somewhat of an entrepreneurship mantra for me, in that I knew with that North Star, we could turn Made With Local into not only a, a viable business, a scalable business, but also like a social impact making machine. Becoming certified is an extensive and meticulous process where all aspects of a business are assessed to ensure they meet B Corp's high standards. 
The B Corp process is definitely rigorous. Uh, it is a, it's an intense process to get certified. And that too was why it appealed to me as an entrepreneur growing a, a purpose-led business, because there's a lot of greenwashing out there and there's social washing as well, right? There's a lot of brands in the world that are kind of taking credit for stuff that maybe isn't entirely theirs to take credit for. With B Corp, though, you got to walk the walk and talk the talk when it comes to B Corp. It's an extremely rigorous process to get uh, approved. And that for me, you know, that badge of approval, the B in the circle logo that you see on brands now who've gone through this process really proves to me as a founder of this business, but also as a consumer, that these are uh, the brands that I want to align myself with. And these are the brands that I want to like vote with my dollars through, right? Because that really is what consumers are doing, whether we realize it or not. We are voting with our dollars every time we purchase something. We're kind of casting a vote for the world that we want to live in. And the B Corp movement and the B Corp community is, I think, helping make sure that customers understand that these companies very well align with their values of sustainability and ethical business. When thinking about the impact he can make with Spark Toro, Rand takes a holistic approach, thinking beyond customers and full-time team members, and expanding his view to the tech industry at large. There are three big impacts that I hope this company, SparkToro, can bring. One is directly to customers, right? So I think audience research at scale across you know, many social networks and the web should be available at a relatively low and affordable price for everyone. I don't think it should be restricted to just the big companies that can build their own crawlers and get these giant data sets and do amazing things with it. Like every business should be able to benefit from public social and web data at scale uh, for their audience research. The second impact um, is, is for us, for the team, right? For, for myself and Casey and Amanda and anyone who joins our team in the future, which I hope will be a small number of people. <laughs> um, but, but it's not just our, our team, uh, the people who are full-time employed. We work with a ton of contractors and agencies and consultants, right? We couldn't do everything that we do, just the three of us all ourselves. No. So we, you know, we work with people like John Saunders at, at 5-4 Digital to do a bunch of our uh, design and branding and development. We, we, we worked with Don Shepard uh, on the, the Spark Toro brand and logo design. We worked with Claire and Gia from Forget the Funnel. Like we have a ton of people in our orbit and ecosystem whose small and medium businesses I hope we're helping by being great partners and customers of theirs. And then third is I would really love to see the SparkToro model or some version of it take off among investors and founders. And I think the only way that that happens is if SparkToro becomes a, maybe not a household name, but sort of a B2B software household name, like Buffer, like Moz, like HubSpot, right? Those, those kinds of businesses, but in a way that's not promoting the venture hyper growth IPO type of story, and instead is exciting because of its indie zebra style, small but mighty impact approach. The zebra style of company that Rand is referring to here is an alternative to the unicorn style of company, which is defined as a startup valued at over $1 billion. Zebra companies typically focus not just on profit and growth, but also the good they can do in the world. 
The zebra movement is a fascinating phenomenon and any entrepreneurs looking at ways to grow their impact can learn a lot from the way self-styled zebra businesses are set up. While Z is planning for the future impact Rise Up can make on the wider world, he is also finding ways he can make an impact closer to home. By investing time into teaching the people who work for him, he ensures they grow and add value to the business. Z then ensures his pay structures reflect how much value team members are bringing. I paid to go to culinary school, right? I paid to go get taught how to pull my own weight and to see if I could cut it. I knew that I love food. I just wanted to see, you know, if I'm in this environment, is this really worth my time and my life, you know? And I excelled and really loved it. And so now when people first come here, especially if they haven't had any training, they don't pay me to teach them, right? I pay them to learn. And so I am very open and honest and very transparent about like, if you don't know how to do the job and I'm teaching you, I can't afford to pay you top rate. But the moment that you can do the job unassisted and you own it and you care, I will give you a raise, right? And so it's a $2 raise, you know, it goes from $18 to $20 an hour. And then from there, it just keeps going up. So my head assistant baker, she's been with me for now, you know, just a little over a year and a half. And she's had three raises, right? Because she just keeps getting better and better. And she handles more and more responsibility. If you keep learning and keep working and, and keep wanting more responsibility, and I can count on you more, then that means you are earning your keep. And if I don't have to do the job, or you can do it fast, as fast as two people, then you, you are saving me. And if you're saving me, then I make sure that you get a piece of that. The crazy thing is we keep getting bigger and bigger and the job isn't getting harder and harder. It's actually getting easier because all the time and energy that I've spent with the people, all my people, has made it so that they're better at the job. So we can do twice as much in a day because everyone now is up to speed, right? And that's the investment. I, I feel like there's a weird thing. Businesses often thought about, well, how much do you make? And the way I think about it is, well, how much can I invest, right? Because I want people to walk away with the skill set. I would love to have people learn from me. And then when they go off and do their famous, amazing things, they know that the person that taught them cared about them. Sheena has also put a lot of thought into all the ways her business impacts the world around her and also the ways in which she can amplify that impact. By encouraging the companies she works with in her supply chain, such as suppliers and farmers, to think about the impact they have on the world, she can use her influence to multiply the positive effect she has. At Made With Local, we have a three-pillar impact system. We focus, of course, on local, ethical, and transparent supply chain for all of our ingredients, our packaging, who we work with in the community for our products and services. We're really obsessed. <laughs> with making sure that everybody we do business with is in alignment with how we conduct ourselves in the community. So that's number one. Uh, number two is our social impact manufacturing model, which is super unique. We partner with two social enterprise bakeries here in Canada to help train and employ adults with barriers to the mainstream workforce to make all of our foods for us, and they distribute them too. 
So that would be the second impact pillar. And then number three is community connection. And this is something that we practice internally with our team here at Made With Local. We are always in some way, shape or form involved in community urban farms, you know, mutual aid fridge projects, really focusing our volunteerism and financial and in-kind donations towards um, causes in our community that are helping to fight food insecurity and some of the issues that are very alive and well here in Nova Scotia. So those are our three pillars, you know, big picture, ingredients, sourcing, social impact, manufacturing, and then making sure that we're practicing what we preach internally with our team here too. Holly helps a wide range of businesses grow their impact. We asked her if she had any great examples of companies she's worked with who have found ways to effectively make a difference with their business. There's a company called Minna. Minna is a home goods company that I work with, and it's founded by Sarah Burks. And Minna is a really amazing company that they're home goods, and she is a designer, but everything is made by artisans, a lot in Latin America. And so Minna puts out an impact report. So you can go to their website and you can look for their impact report and you can download it. And I think it is probably the best impact report from any company that I've ever read because Minna really takes into account the impact on the artisans and their own well-being and economic development, but also the internal experience of the people that work at Minna and their company, but also the customer and their exposure to this product that is more sustainable than most home goods. And so that's a company that I'm super proud to work on. They're able to have this global impact and they're a tiny team of less than 10 people. Minna, by the way, are also a certified B Corp. Earlier, Sheena spoke about her thinking around the impact she can make with the companies she chooses to partner with but the care and attention she pays to ensuring the businesses in her supply chain align with Made With Local's values is next level and totally inspiring. So we do have a screening process for our suppliers. There is a pretty significant interview process that we put everybody through and that allows us to then determine if they are a suitable supplier for us based on kind of four key metrics. So of course we need to make sure that the quality of the product is up to spec. You know, we have a really robust quality program at Made With Local as we do business with some of Canada's biggest retailers and that is of course number one. We're gonna wanna make sure that they have a values alignment with us, right? And are they verbal about their values out into the world? Is it on their website? Is it in their social media? And do we see it communicated through their their business? Is that they're, they're a strong values forward uh, supplier? We have a series of questions that we ask them about their environmental impact uh, and also their social impact. And those are things that clearly loop back into the values piece for us. But we want to see specifics, specific examples of how they are prioritizing positive impact in the social and environmental space. So it is uh, kind of unique, I think. And it's something that we did develop originally through a a B Corp process. uh, And it's something that's been really amazing as we continue to grow and identify new suppliers into our family and actually see them in a way that like allows us to quantify or score their impact in a alignment with all of our values. So it's a really, really neat tool that we've been using for the last little while. We wondered if Made With Local have had any issues from potential suppliers when asked to provide such detailed information. 
We have not actually experienced any pushback from any of our suppliers to date on taking part of this process. Although I would say with a new supplier, if we did receive significant pushback from them or, you know, like some resistance to taking it on, it's kind of like a bit of a red flag. The suppliers that we prioritize working with the most are the ones who they themselves are already doing something like this or have been just as keen to take on supplier screening for themselves as we have been. So, yeah, it's been really, really positive. Part of the impact a business can have is in responding to events happening around them. When SparkToro launched, Rand and his co-founder, Casey Henry, found a great way to respond positively to the environment into which they were releasing their product. When SparkToro launched, uh, this is this is two years ago now, in 2020, it was you know the start of the pandemic, kind of the height, the spring height of the pandemic. A really awful, scary time. Everybody was, you know, in lockdown and and in these just very fearful environments. Uh, we knew that a ton of people were struggling. The economic impact had just been incredibly dramatic, uh, and it was before the government stimulus payments had arrived for a lot of folks. So we saw that Give Directly had launched this program in the United States to um, help out a lot of Americans who were struggling, and we felt that launching a software product for marketers, you know, in the, at the height of the pandemic, it just didn't it didn't feel like a cause that you could 100% get behind. I mean, we were excited about it. We've been working on it for for 18 months before that and obviously we wanted to be successful. We were nervous and scared, but also we wanted to do something that spoke to the broader ecosystem that we were in. And so yeah, we ended up partnering with Give Directly and had a campaign where essentially everyone who tried the product, we made a donation on their behalf to Give Directly. I think we ended up doing about $25,000. You know, a little bit scary for an early stage company to be giving away a hefty chunk of its investment, but I think I think it was absolutely the right thing to do. It helped us, like Casey and I, really get on board with like, how are we going to feel good about promoting our product? okay, let's do it in such a way that you can use SparkToro for free. And when you use it for free, Give Directly is getting money and that money is going to a place where it's really needed. That felt to us like, hey, this is, this is a win-win for everyone. Between 2016 and 2021, the number of certified B Corps tripled to 3,500. This reflects a growing trend amongst consumers who increasingly expect brands to engage with social and environmental issues. 82% of respondents in a recent Harris Poll survey stated that it was important to them that brands they purchase from align with their social values. So I started consulting in 2012, and back then I was familiar with B corporations, but it was a very rare thing. Nobody was, I think like seventh generation was, and maybe Ben and Jerry's or something like that. There were like a handful. <laughs> and during the pandemic, I saw an article where B corporations was so overwhelmed by the number of applications that it had received that the applications ended up being delayed, like people's certifications ended up being delayed. So in the 10 years that I've been consulting, I've definitely seen that it has become a priority and that people want to create good jobs. And that's something that really inspires me. That's really why I got into consulting in the first place is because I really felt like businesses can be a real force for good, especially when it 
comes to creating good jobs. And so watching how people's mindsets have shifted around wages and benefits and culture initiatives, and that's been really inspiring. A question that I've gotten asked many times is about, like, what if somebody else tries to kind of steal your, you know, steal your thing, the social impact thing, if they steal your positioning or try and, like, kind of push in on what you're doing? And my answer to that is really the more the merrier, right? If we can inspire more businesses to take social procurement and transparent ethical supply chain seriously, then the world is going to be a lot better off in five, 10, 20 years, right? So we don't gatekeep on any of this whatsoever. We are an open book kind of business. And it's something that I really, you know, I would really love to hear from other businesses that would like to get started with instituting some of these practices and policies in their company. I feel like if you live your life, whether it's in business or just personally, you just live it the best that you can and try to treat people around you the best that you can, there's no negative towards that, right? Like you just are making the world better. I always want to make a difference. And I'd say we're trying to make the world better, one beautiful loaf of bread at a time. But the truth is, is we can't do that if we're if we're not treating each other right. Right. So we have to start home. You know, we have to start here. And then from then from out there, then people taste it. You know, when they get a loaf, it's it's beautiful because the person that made it really cares because they feel cared about. So it is the way I want to be. It's the way I want us to think about each other. But it also pays dividends down the road because I feel like people can taste it, you know? In this episode, we've heard that to truly make a difference with your business, you need to get into the mindset that business growth and impact growth are inseparable. How to create better communities, better jobs, and a better planet while growing your business isn't a problem to be solved, it's an opportunity to be realized. By engaging with your employees, suppliers, and customers, as well as seeking out organizations such as B Corps, you can find ways of working together that make a real difference. In the next episode of Small Business Big Lessons, we'll be talking about support, asking for help, mentorship, and mental health. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Small Business Big Lessons. We really enjoyed talking about impact this week, hearing everything from these incredible small business owners. Please join us for more conversation over at buffer.com slash community. We would love to see you there. This episode of Small Business Big Lessons was written and produced by Rowan Bishop at Message Heard. Script edited by me, Haley Griffiths at Buffer, and interviews were conducted by Umber Bhatti at Buffer. Be sure to subscribe to Small Business Big Lessons on your preferred podcast platform to keep up with the latest episodes. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to leave us a review.